If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. This week's gone a bit slow, but who cares? This is the OTC podcast. We're reviewing the latest WSL games and looking into the managerial changes at Sheffield Wednesday and Derby County, whilst also dissing out some controversial talking points. All that and more to come in the OTC podcast. Hello and welcome to OTC Podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and my co-presenter, Bradley Morris. Pretty invisible weekend. Yeah, I mean, we've had a quite weird few days because when we spoke on Friday, uh, there wasn't a lot that's happened in the world of football. Within a few hours of finished recording, uh, it's confirmed that Mohamed Salah of Liverpool has tested positive for COVID-19. Um, what else did we say on Friday broke? There was something else. Um, was it Wigan had changed their manager? No, that was it. It was uh, England Lionesses game against Norway that was scheduled for uh, December the 1st had been called off due to Norway not wanting to travel, understandable reasons. I got someone's uh, decided that. Yes. So, but uh, it's a bit of bad news for Phil Neville's side because it now means they would have gone a year since they last played when they uh, next get together properly for a competitive game, which will be uh, February, March time of 2021 when they play uh, again. So that's a bit annoying for... He side there. It would make a very interesting tournament at the Euros if none of them played a single game. Level playing field, almost. Uh, yes, uh, because if it would add intrigue. Yeah, but um, unfortunately, it was announced earlier on today that the uh, Netherlands will be playing the USA uh, on the twenty seventh of this month. So they so the uh, Americans have ruined some... everything again. As usual. So that's a bit of an advantage to them there. And I think, uh, as far as I'm aware, other international sides will be playing. But uh, the England team are still set to meet up anyway. But it is just going to be another in-house friendly that uh, they're going to do. So it's just the uh, starting 11. So the 11 side thing that they've done at St George's Park in the past now. Um not too sure what the starting 11 is going to be at all or who's even going to be in the squad uh obviously because i'm not too sure when phil never will announce it but it should be in the coming weeks or coming days probably um to uh, the lionesses and england women players uh as we said on Friday, it was the WSL Women's Football Weekend, which saw women's football in the Premier, uh, the Super League, take forefront attention. 
as we said, it started at Lee Sports Village between Manchester United and Manchester City in a game that finished 2-2. Gareth Taylor's Man City side um, took the lead after eight minutes after a spectacular goal from Chloe Kelly. And then just before the halftime, Laura Coombs doubled the citizens' lead with a great shot past Mary Earps. However, in the second half, a substitution at halftime seeing Kirsty Hansen come on seemed to change the game for Manchester United. And within the opening 10 minutes, they were half the deficit thanks to uh, Tobin Heath getting a goal. And then 15 minutes from time, Hansen herself got on the score sheet to rescue the point for Casey Stonyside, which sees them remain at the top of the table and stay undefeated in the WSL this season. Uh, watching that as a neutral, Brad, what were your thoughts on the game? Well, I guess you could say what those two are the top teams. Mm-hmm. The, the quality was clear, and if anything, it was a good sign of Man United's title aspirations, I guess we could call it that. Yeah. I think the main thing for me watching it was uh, clear to see that uh, the changes that were made by uh, Casey Stoney and the halftime team talk she gave, she definitely wasn't happy with how they performed in the first half and understandably so as well because they were quite poor in that first half and Man City seemed to dominate in the first half mainly with... Um, set pieces coming from corners they seem to dominate United and that's how they managed to get their first goal United failed to clear a corner and then it was a lovely outside the boot shot by uh, Chloe Kelly bit of luck but also and takes a lot of incredible skill and as I mentioned in the preview show on Friday she would be one of the players to look out for so definitely worth the shout there um the other player in the game I said to have a look out for would be Manchester United's Eltoon, who had a relatively quiet game compared to what she has had the rest of the season, but has also done pretty well in the game. Then at half two, saw the second City derby as Aston Villa played Birmingham City. And it was the visitors that won 1-0 thanks to a Claudia Walker goal in the 72nd minute again. Someone who I said to look out for this weekend, and she scores a this whole beautiful one goal. Ego boost for you. <laughs> I mean, you might as well be at this rate because, um, I mean, I think it was four or five players that I said to look out for at the start of this weekend all scored, or and I think the majority of them had uh, big performances. Obviously, being an Aston Villa fan, seeing the men's side beat Blues on a regular basis, this one must be hard to take. Uh, no, but no, fair play to them. Mm. Although I felt we had a lot more chances and probably deserved something from it. Yeah, I think it definitely wasn't as one-sided as I was predicting. I thought Blues would somewhat control the game a bit more than they did. But fair play to Aston Villa. They held themselves really well throughout the game. Uh Again, they look like they could have got a couple of goals themselves. Um, one surprising thing though, from the game, I didn't realise until the commentator said it in the second half, was that Birmingham City only had two substitutes available due to the amount of injuries they had, and they made the first one within the opening nine minutes of it. 
uh, with Lucy Whip coming on, who did actually turn provider for the Claudia Walker goal. So that was definitely a good substitution of the two that they could have made, and they did bring on the other substitute 10 minutes from time. Elsewhere in the WSL after that, we headed up north to Walton Hall Park as Everton played Reading. The Tuffies took the lead just before half time with Simone McGill getting on the score sheet. And again, another player that I said to look out for in this weekend, and she goes and scores. And then moments later, Natasha Harding scored. And it's a it's a weird goal to describe if you haven't seen it, but it was um, one of them cross-shot goals. It was uh, very hard to see whether she meant it or not. Um, she probably Jane did. Ludlow, who Jane Ludlow, who was on co commentary, seems to think she meant it, but uh, I'm not too sure whether she did myself. But um, either way, it was a good result for both sides. It keeps them both in the middle of the table. Well. Reading 7th, Everton 4th. Again, that was a really good game to watch. Very uh, end-to-end throughout the uh, 90 minutes. There was the the chance at the end that just was a great save from Reading's goal to stop Everton winning right there. Yes. uh, Grace Maloney with the incredible save at uh, the 90th minute it was and I honestly did think it had initially gone in, but Maloney did really well to stop him and to have the points shared. Next up, the final game on Saturday saw Tottenham take on Bristol City. Uh, we got to see Alex Morgan for the first time as she was named in the starting 11. However, she only lasted 45 minutes being taken off at half time, which I imagine was a planned thing to do by uh, the Tottenham coaching staff considering she has barely played at all this season uh what were your thoughts on the game looking at as that as a whole it seemed as open i guess but the time that's a that's a disappointment they couldn't get all three points in the end yeah you would think considering the circumstances that that was definitely their best chance to pick up a win and they will be disappointed with themselves that they haven't picked up a win this uh, in that game. Uh, we had goals from Chloe Lagazzo from a penalty spot uh, just before half-time, and then uh, moments later, Siri Vorm equalised for Tottenham with an excellent uh, free kick on the right-hand side. And then in the second half... Uh, Spurs took the lead through uh, fullback Ashley Neville getting on the end of a header from a Siri Vaughan free kick. Uh, and then 10 minutes later, Rihanna Dean was sent off for a ch- coming together with Bristol City keeper Sophie Bagley, which uh, saw both require a lot of treatment and were down for a while. And uh, the referee brandished Dean with a red card, understandably so as well. However, the one thing I noticed on the commentary team is that neither of them seemed to notice that uh, she'd been sent off in the game at all until like a couple of minutes from the end. And uh, just before the end of the game in stoppage time itself, 
Ebony Salmon, who had a great game and had a lot of chances for Bristol City, uh, scored the equaliser once again. I said at the start of this weekend, she'd be one to look out for, and she did. We're getting you know turn statistics. <laughs> In today's action, saw West Ham play host to Brighton and Hove Albion at the Chigwell Construction Stadium. This was a game that could have went either way throughout the game. I think West Ham definitely had the better chances in the first half. And I'd say probably throughout the majority of the game, they had the better chances. But it was a Rihanna Jarrett goal in the 69th minute that gave Brighton the win. Uh, The victory actually sees them move above West Ham in the table. Uh, Again, really good close fought game which I think we both expected to be uh, looking back on predictions uh, you said it would be a draw and I had a Brighton win but I said 3-2 so I was expecting the flurry of goals to happen in that game but still expecting it to be a close one and then finally we have just seen Go on. I was going to say less said of the predictions the better Yeah, we'll get on to them in a short while however in the final the final game of the weekend, we just saw Arsenal play Chelsea at Meadow Park and it finished in a 1-1 draw. Both sides didn't really test either keeper in the first half and I think it was very easy for uh, Manuela Zinsberger and Anna Katerinberger in goal for Chelsea. Uh, four minutes from time. Sorry, before we get on to the Arsenal goal, there was that chance for... Caitlin Ford just before half-time for Arsenal where she struck the crossbar twice uh, off the sh- with the shot and... Looked straight out of FIFA, that one. I, I, th- all the time I've watched football, I don't think I've ever seen that happen in a game before. It hit off the crossbar, come back, still being played, hit off the crossbar again and then come down to an Arsenal striker, who, which I believe was Beth Mead at the time. And it not go in. It was crazy. And shortly before the end of the game, four minutes from time, Beth Mead actually did score for the Gunners. Uh, this came from excellent play on the left-hand side from uh, Dutch striker Viviana Miedema, who didn't really have much in the game in terms of uh, chances or... Uh, clear court to test uh, the Chelsea defence, but it was after Millie Bright had got her injury, uh, she didn't seem to fully recover, so Miedemar was able to get past her easily, and then she squared the ball to Beth Mead, though the Chelsea defenders were appealing for offside. It clearly wasn't, and it gave what Arsenal thought was going to be the winner. However, in the dying second uh, minutes of the game, just before we entered stoppage time, uh, great work from Penilla Harder on the right-hand side, she tries to cross in a ball, but it takes a deflection of uh, Lottie Wuben Moy, the, the Arsenal defender, and uh, it loops over Manu Zinsberger to level the points, which is really hard for Arsenal because I think they deserve the win just that little bit more than Chelsea in my eyes, and it's going to be a hard one to take for Gunas fans. So looking back at the table now, uh, Man United remain top on 17 points. Arsenal are in second. Chelsea move up to third on goal difference ahead of Everton. Here in fourth. Man City finish in, or are in fifth. And then Birmingham City sixth. Reading seven. Brighton 
8, West Ham 9, Aston Villa 10, and then the bottom two teams are still Tottenham Hotspur and Bristol City. Overall, it was a very entertaining weekend, I've mm-hmm. got to say. Uh, none of the games were really one-sided, I think. Yeah, that's all we had predicted. All teams could have won every Point. game. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Uh, looking back on our predictions now from the games, uh, as we started our little Skip. predictions league uh, on uh, Friday, <laughs> we said uh, if we got the right score, wrong team, we'd get a point. Right team, wrong score, two points. Correct score and team, three points. This is the first time I'm hearing these points tallies. I'll, no. I'll end on that. We did have that on Friday, I did say. Did you say? Because I said a completely different scoring system. What was your scoring system? My scoring system was you get a point if you get the right outcome. So if you predict the draw and it ends in a draw, yeah. If you predict the right winner, you get a point for the right winner. And you only get a bonus point if you get the correct score. Well, I said it different on the show. Where's points shit come from? (laughs) Yeah, because we said we're doing it like um, they do on the BBC, where it's three points for the correct score and team. If you get the right team, wrong score, you get two points. And if you get the score right, but for the wrong team, you get a point. I'm sure that's how they do it on the BBC. I mean, my one's less complicated. Is it? Yeah, yes. Just one point if you get the right winner. No, it should be two points for the right winner. So anyway, looking back at it... uh, Fine, we'll we'll do it your way. Just because... Okay, so for the Manchester Derby, we both went with 2-1. Obviously, no points there because it finished in the draw. Villa Blues, you said 2-1 to Villa. I said 2-0 to Blues, so uh, go, I get two points. Uh, then we said Everton Reading, you went 3-1. I went with 2-2. So uh, that one, I get, the again, the two points because it's uh, correct outcome but not the correct score I think you see how much more complicated this is yeah I think that game's made it complicated because of the draws me getting right but uh, that was correct for me in terms of getting these three were just hitting me further into the ground then you went with 3-2 Spurs I went with 1-0 Spurs so neither of us get a point there but of course Spurs were winning at the end until uh, Ebony Salmon scored in stoppage time uh, with a header. Uh, then today you went with West Ham and Brighton to draw 1-1. I went there. with 3-2 to Brighton. <laughs> it was there. Brighton de- uh, West Ham definitely had a chance to win it towards the end as well. And uh, Martha Thomas had a good, good chance in the first half. So that's uh, another two points to me. So that means I'm on six with all my calculations. And then Arsenal Chelsea, you went with three one. I went with two one. Again, I would have got the two points if Chelsea. I had it with the two points if Chelsea didn't score, and then you would have had it as well if Chelsea hadn't scored as well. So it means you finish this weekend on zero points, while I finish on six. Which I'll take that. No point. Yes. Um, In other news in the world of football. A Derby County sacked manager Philip Koku on Friday, was it? Friday evening or Saturday daytime? I could have sworn it was yesterday. 
yesterday launch time yes and uh they've announced that uh Wayne Rooney and Liam Rosener and just one of the other coaches will be in temporary charge though they will announce their new manager once the uh, full takeover is complete which should be in the coming weeks um no surprise that Koku has been sacked on um, my behalf considering Derby are rock bottom of the championship um little surprised it took this long I thought it would have came earlier on in the week I think they were just waiting for the takeover. Yeah, which 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 does look quite exciting for them. If you yes, you know, on paper it looks exciting, but you know, can't it always trust the Asian the, It could have the similar effect to um, well, what happened with uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers when they got their takeover. They then just dominated the following season in the uh, championship and won promotion and have looked like a really good Premier League side since. They got the right Chinese owners. Yes. Also helps that they're good friends with uh, the Portuguese super agent uh, George Mendes, who literally owns every player in Portugal and every Portuguese talent. And that's how Wars have managed to secure a lot of Portuguese players on their uh, squad. I nearly said roster then, but that's too American. In other managerial news, uh, earlier on in the week, Sheffield Wednesday sacked manager uh, Gary Monk after a poor start to the season for the Blade. Um, not sorry, not the Blades. That's their rivals, the Owls. Uh, this the sacking came days after. Uh, their points deduction was halved, if I remember correctly, or overturned. So they only lost six points. And uh, they have since appointed Tony Pulis in charge until the end of yes. the season. So good old Pulis ball back. Pulis ball will be back. You'll be seeing the baseball cap and the white Adidas trainers. On the what, sorry, I'm trying to sleep that you. And a touchline near you very soon. Now, in fairness, if he keeps them up, it's a good job. But then they'll hate him the season after. Yeah, that's the thing. If if they stay up, he'll probably get the job for like a two-year deal. But if he goes down, are they are Sheffield Wednesday fans really going to be blaming him for it? Or are they going to be blaming yes. their points deduction at the start of the season? They will be once they start saying the football. True. There was rumours that um, Phil Neville could have taken charge, which would have been... I saw loads of names getting leaked. It was a bit weird. Yeah, it was one of the few uh, times that there was really like five or six names. Sol Campbell's uh, name was thrown in. Which was a really surprising one, I think, seeing Sol Campbell's name thrown in it. Um, Interesting to see how he gets on at uh, Hillsborough in the coming weeks and so uh, can he get them performing well uh, and his first game in charge of Sheffield Wednesday is an away trip to Preston next Saturday the 21st at three o'clock um, as we mentioned in our preview show on Monday no, our review show last Monday, sorry, not a preview show, our review showed that they were planning to scrap the uh, pay-to-view games in the Premier League uh, after that weekend's fixtures. And they have 
uh, now donate and they have announced that uh, more games are going to be on BT and Sky and then uh, the rest that aren't are going to be shown on the BBC uh, starting starting straight after the international break which is a really good thing for the Premier League to come up with and I don't know why they didn't do that in the first place money Oh, yeah, we all know it was some money reason. Uh, I believe the first game on the BBC will be Fulham versus Everton on Sunday the 22nd at midday, which uh, will likely be an uh, easy Everton win, despite oh. their recent dip in form. All I'll say is it's going to be nice watching Villa at 3 o'clock on a Saturday again. Yeah, it's actually 3 o'clock of the next week. I can't remember the last time we actually played at 3 o'clock. I'm trying to think the last time Man United play at three o'clock. You never play at three o'clock. Exactly. We're not even playing three o'clock. We're we're eight o'clock against West Brom. But we'll look forward to that later on, uh, in the week. A bit of sad news came out in the last hour or so. Uh, in former Liverpool, Tottenham and England goalkeeper Ray Clements has passed away at the age of 72. It was announced on Sunday. The legendary goalkeeper played 62 times for England, a remarkable career in which he won five first division titles, which is now known as the Premier League, three European Cups, two UEFA Cups, one FA Cup and one League Cup during his time with Liverpool and uh, his best ever performance or best ever was in 40 seeded 16 goals which is a phenomenal feat in 665 games for the Reds in total in all competitions he kept 323 clean sheets before moving to Tottenham in 1981 and he won the FA Cup the following season and the UEFA Cup two seasons later with Spurs and uh, more recently he was a part of the England coaching staff uh, from 1996 to 2013 when he retired and it's terrible news and our thoughts and prayers go out to family friends and close ones of Ray. Horrible, it's 2020 man. It really does sum up 2020 in a nutshell when we can't even have a bit of good news for ages so we're on to a part now where brett is going to test me on some or ask me some football questions and get my opinion on them so i'll hand over to you now brad fire away with what you've got for me the visual representation he's basically the bait on the end of my fishing hook and i'm about to launch him into the oceans that is football twitter okay i've got nice I've gone, okay. I've quite asked this first one. It's all of the more general ones that gets knocked about now and again. Twenty times up. Celtic and Rangers should be allowed in the English football period. Nope. No. How come? Uh, they always say that they should play in the Premier League. Uh, it's ridiculous. I mean, yes, they might be better than some of the League One and Two teams, but. I wouldn't put them as far up as in the Premier League. I think uh, it wouldn't be as easy as everyone thinks. Plus, you got to think of the travel for fans. I mean, imagine, say, Friday, 8 o'clock kickoff, Southampton versus Celtic. 
the travel I mean, would take. You would have to take Thursday off to travel to Scotland. It's, I mean, you would, you'd, you'd think that would happen. You'd think you wouldn't come down to that, but that's that's your I don't opinion. See it happening. You don't you don't see them do having a, a Cardiff or Swansea situation and just deciding. Do you know what? We'll let, we'll let them in. Let, no, the thing is, though, with Cardiff, Swansea and Wrexham being in English football, is because at the time they didn't have a professional Welsh league. So they were allowed to join the FA. And, I mean, travel to Cardiff, Swansea and Wrexham sometimes can be quite bad for English teams, but it's way worse if, like I said, Southampton, even Brighton and even the London clubs having to go, excuse me, up to uh, Scotland. Like, it's bad enough them not going to Newcastle. I think I looked uh, yesterday that Southampton to Newcastle, which was the Friday night game, is like four and a bit hours travel, between four and a half hours to five hours travel. So then you got to add on an extra hour or two on top of that just to get into Scotland. So I don't see that happening at any time soon. Yeah, I do. And, and I should put this in for, con- for disclaimer. I don't. All the talking points that are coming up are not ones that I necessarily believe in. I'm merely just saying what I've discovered on the internet. Okay. Fire away with your next one then. Are you actually ready for this one? Because I mean, I know what you're going to say, but. Come on. Ryan Giggs isn't even in the top five Premier League players of all time. Right. Who said that? And name me. Okay. And I'm not Before naming this person, to... it's your opinion. It's just your opinion. Go ahead. In terms of skill-wise and ability and goal scoring... Ignore, and if we that, sort of ignore the honours. He's not... In terms of, like, is he the most skillful and was he the most attractive to watch? Not really, compared to what you've had with Ronaldo, um, Thierry Henry, Dennis Birdcamp. But you can't ignore the honours. That's just not how it works. He's the most decorated Premier League player. He's the second most, I think second or maybe now third most uh, appearances in Premier League history because Gareth Barry, I don't know how close uh, James Milner is to that record. He was ever present in the Manchester United squad every season from his debut season right up until he retired. He was always in and around the squad. He's not the best player to ever play in the Premier League. I won't say that. I'll 100% agree. He's not the best. But he has to be in the top five. For me, top five players to play in the Premier League. So no, you've Ryan, read my mind then. Ryan Giggs, Thierry Henry, Alan Shearer, Cristiano Ronaldo, and five is a toss-up between DDA Drogba and Sergio Aguero. See, I don't think Ronaldo's in there. You don't think Ronaldo's in there? I don't. Well, no, no, I don't. No. I think you put in what Ronaldo. he did at you, you such put in a young age. Instead, you put no, for what Ronaldo did at such a young age. Bearing in mind, Man United bought him when he was eighteen, I believe. He'd not long turned eighteen. Uh, when we signed him from Sporting Lisbon. What he did in the few years he was in the Premier League was extraordinary. 
And uh, for me, I don't think we've ever seen a player have such a big impact in such a small amount of time in the Premier League. Maybe uh, Eric Cantona would also be up there. It's such a small time. Aguero has been there less time and has scored way more. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Probably the same amount. That's why I think Aguero goes ahead of him. Yeah, I didn't say in any order, but I'd say the fifth place is between Aguero and Drogba because Aguero, like you said, the, what he's done uh, at Man City has been phenomenal. He's single-handedly won them the title in 2012. I mean, yes, it was his only assist whilst at Man City, but that doesn't really matter. Um, you can't have Aguero, Aguero is just Balotelli. <laughs> Well, if you look at it, Aguero starts off the move. Martin so Tyler's you can have... Yeah, I know what Martin Tyler says, but for me, uh, Aguero has to go in there. And then why Drogba's also on the cusp is like what Does he did during his team. Close. He, uh, he's top 10, top 15, but I, he's not top 5 for me, Frank. I think... He, it's yeah, what it's he did at Chelsea, like he's the top scoring midfielder ever in Premier League history. Great service to uh, both Chelsea and then his little two years, 18 months to two years what he had at Man City. I thought it was one year, but not. I can't remember what it was, a year to a year and a half. But uh, yeah, great servant to the Premier League and I think he has to be in the top 10. Interesting. That will uh, football Twitter will destroy you. Well, <laughs> mm. if they would destroy this on this one, you're screwed. <laughs> okay. Because you, you are going to have to do the unimaginable. Okay. Bearing in mind, people, I haven't heard any of these questions before. This is the very first time that I'm hearing them. So these are my raw opinions. Just not having any time to prepare an answer. So, far away with question number three, Brad. All right, you want controversial talking, which this one certainly is, and I know you don't agree with this thing that I'm about to bring up, but I need you to argue why VAR is the greatest thing to ever happen in football. Right, here Good we go. luck, boy. <laughs> Being used in the MLS, it's been 100% in the games that I've watched this season in the MLS, it's worked great. So there's been decisions where there's been offsides or potential penalties and that the VAR assistant has looked at it and has gone, okay, it's either correct or it's wrong. Referee, we need you to come over just to see where you've been wrong in your instance and overturn the call. And it's been used 99%, I would say, not 100% right in the MLS, but it's been used exceptionally well in the MLS in their decision-making. Premier League, we've had... Not so much success. There's been a lot of controversy over, over the offsides, as we mentioned it's on sad. Friday, the Patrick Bamford one, um, when his arm was offside, and then apparently you can now score with your arm. Um, and there's been a lot of other controversial decisions. However, bearing in mind, this is, it was first brought out two years ago, I think either yesterday or today, I saw the BBC put out a post about it, and it's been two years since VAR was first brought about. So was it before they've been World using World it World? now. Uh, 
No, it would have been after the World Cup. Or there might have used... It was at the World Cup? Yeah, it was used in the World Cup and then it was announced in the November that the Premier League would be using it from 2019-20. Yes, that's what I meant, not first brought out in the world. So, bearing you've got to remember, these officials are using it for their first... Like, they've been using it for over 12 just over 12 months now they're going to get decisions wrong referees have been getting decisions wrong for years so it's still a new technology they need to give you more patience i think if we come back in a year or two and it hasn't improved in the premier league then i would happily say get rid of it but it still needs time and they need to because it's not clear to the officials it's each official doing it per game is making up their mind so which is what the referee was doing before var was introduced it was down to one official rather than having a strict set of right for an officer it has to be a more than this millimeter rule that we're seeing like his elbow or his big toe was offside there needs to be something written by whether it's the fa uefa or fifa or it wouldn't be them it'd be the ifab who are the rules makers in football to say right this is what we have to do for the offside call penalty calls and tell referees right if a call has been made by var you have to go over to the screen not this sometimes you go over sometimes you don't or don't go over at all go to the screen and look at it and with more use of it it will be become better decisions i think but this thing of it being a decision by decision basis by the officials is making is why fans are questioning why is it being brought in into the premier league but definitely it's worked in uh, the mls and i think it's one that's going to stay for the foreseeable future rather than going anytime soon Christ, he could talk for it, man. <laughs> just, yeah. just fair play. I didn't expect you to come with the full argument. Now you should be a politician. God, I can't stand, stand around that many. I'm not going to use the word, but that many idiots. I'll use that word instead of the word I was going to say. Depending on what word that that is, I can make an exception. Starts with toss and ends in errs. You've just said it anyway. You've just said it anyway. I didn't because I broke it down, so it's not the word. We're an explicit podcast anyway, doesn't matter. Yes. Uh, go on. Have you got a fourth one? No, I don't. That is, very... that, that is it. You are. You're finished for another week. <laughs> yeah, I think. I, I don't think they were two overly bad decisions. Um. What? Well, um. Yeah, I think quite easy for a first week of how oh, i'll expect them to get harder as the week because i know by. you're a person that will just say shit <laughs> okay yeah well uh, as long as i know in my head i'm right and there we go <laughs> no i'm not that type of person where i know i'm 100 percent right i'll accept when i'm wrong obviously but some them free stuff that you've asked me i think is I think the majority of people would, maybe not the VAR one, but I think the other two, so top five Premier League players, and I've completely forgotten what the first one was now because it's been about 10 minutes to 15 minutes since I talked about it. It was about Celtic and Rangers, but yes. Celtic and Rangers. I think the majority of people would agree with me on those two. I've been forgotten about. (laughs) 
that's the second time in a couple of days I've forgotten about the Scottish. Um, yeah, so I think those first two talking points, I think we'll have a majority agree with me. Maybe not in the, obviously I didn't say the specific order for the top five players, but they could understand my reasoning. And then the VAR one was always going to throw a toss up. Um, oh, okay. Um, also in football, you may have seen that EA Sports have announced that you can now play as Julie in the game, FIFA 21, as well as Lewis Hamilton and a few other stars. Right, whilst I'm all good for that because they get the promotion and it's all good for FIFA and that because, oh, Jubilee is one of the songs on FIFA. I don't know why they've got Lewis Hamilton in it at all. Salute the seven-time world champion. Mm, I think he was, obviously he was going to win, but we're not a Formula One podcast, whatever. You've got to ask your question, right? So I saw this one the other day. They can get a face scan and it looks quite a lot like Jubilee Yet they can't get a Mason Greenwood face scan. I knew you'd, I knew you'd be pissed at this. It took him a year to get Jack Grealish right, so just allow them. Well, it took him a year to get Erling Haaland right as well. Because do you remember him last year? He just looked like a baked potato. <laughs> it was awful. And then another thing which I've seen, because obviously... But at least I still don't the... think they still haven't picked John McGinn, so... <laughs> no, there's a lot of players that don't look like them but the other this thing game is saw, road, yeah another problem i saw was uh, someone said is you can get Jura in it fine you can play as i think about eight to ten women's national teams which is good but why haven't they added the women's premier league into it yet yes maybe a lot of people might not play it. your typical boy gamer is not going to watch the women's super league but for those that that might encourage more young girls to go out and buy FIFA and say, right, I look up to, oh, I really like how Manchester City play, or I like Arsenal, or I want to play with Viviana Miedemar and uh, Katie McCabe and other players. Yet they can't do it yet. They can do like an international thing, which is, is only on the kickoffs or if you create your own tournament mode. That's because what they were getting somewhere a couple of years ago when they did the journey. Yeah, where's the the female story in that one? So. But even that, if you remember, it, it wasn't as long as the Alex Hunter one, was it? It was only, okay. and it was only, at, and it was only after a while of completing the Alex Hunter one that you could go and do his sister's short journey. So, like they doing the gap. I'm still, right. I'm still sad we didn't get part three where he took on the government and fed the kids <laughs> yes yeah, so there was always a lot of similarities to saying it was basically the marcus rashford story at the was. time yeah it really was they just what's the real life project in Papa? <laughs> <laughs> and then gareth walker was just that annoying friend who thinks he's better than everyone it was nice and nice Oh, brilliant. Um, Mason Mount, uh, England are set to play Belgium. At the time of recording, the game hasn't started. Uh, Though uh, I do think Southgate said uh, Jack Grealish would be starting in this game. Did he not? It has been confirmed that he's set to play his first competitive game. 
in an England shirt. Against the number one ranking side in the oh, UEFA it's, Nations it's League. It's only because Raheem Sterling's injured, but yeah. Oh, that's another injury. Um, we've got Nations League games happening at the minute, and uh, some happened yesterday. Uh, trying to understand it all, I still don't. I don't know anyone that does understand it, though. I know uh, with France's 1-0 victory over Portugal yesterday, uh, because they're in one of the top four division things, whatever they're called, they've advanced to next year's semi-finals. Yeah, pretty much. It's what we're in, and we still qualify. I think we win. Uh, I, I'll take your word for it. My nation's league knowledge is as slim as a. I don't know what slim. I can't think of anything. Does let's not finish that sentence. Yeah. Um. Talking about injury news, there was obviously what we talked about on uh, Friday that uh, Joe Gomez is set to miss yeah, the remainder you get it, of the you season. You cursed this. You definitely cursed this. Yes, I know. They did get a, another injury in uh, Andrew Robertson. Um, though I did see a story earlier that um, because Joe Gomez got injured on uh, international duty, Liverpool can apply to FIFA as uh, to get some compensation wage where FIFA will cover part of his uh, I think it's 80 grand they said a week wages because obviously players get paid whilst uh, on international duty by the federation so the FA and there is a law that says because uh, something that England signed up to that uh, if a player gets injured they can be play paid by FIFA the wages that's a new one on me Yes. Um, think of all the injuries we've seen in international breaks and just never heard of this rule once. Yeah, it was strange. First time it happens to a big Liverpool player like after they've had a good season and it's uh, all, of, all of a sudden big news and came around. As we said, Andrew Robertson got injured in their game the other day. So they've lost their did, whole back line. <laughs> yeah, they've lost their whole back four through injury. And potentially, I don't know... Um, was Alisson a part of the group we said uh, was around the Brazil play that tested positive the other day? I think he was. I believe so, because I know Douglas Luiz was supposedly a part of that. Mm, and I don't know. And I know uh, Alex Tellez of Manchester United was also... If he's a player anyway. That's because he's missed games because of having coronavirus himself. Um, so, <laughs> so I don't know... Uh, what the situation is with them like who has came back positive or if anyone has or if they're going to um, have to be in isolation so if that does um he could actually liverpool could have a whole new back five come their next game and have their whole starting five out of a game i'm sure the last conversation package will get them a brand new setback <laughs> Mm. So what they've said, um, I've just seen this report from uh, about Alex Teller. So he said it says he tested negative for COVID twice this week, but tested positive on their PCR test on Saturday, according to the Brazilian media department. He's no longer in the stage of transmission of the disease. Of the disease. He will undergo further tests today. Uh, so this was six hours ago. And if he returns another positive, COVID test, he will be cut from the Brazil squad to face Uruguay 
in the coming days as Uruguay do not allow people in these conditions to enter the country even if they are asymptomatic. So that could be even more bad news for Man United if he has turned and returned a positive because he could uh, be out for more game time, which uh, is going to be bad news. Um, I think that is all the news, unless anything else has happened that I can think of. There's nothing else that's happened this week. is awful. As he yes, says, uh, <laughs> though, uh, this time next week we'll be looking back on the Premier League fixtures, thankfully. And... This is the uh, is this a little, this is the last international break of the year, isn't it? I hope it's the last international break for quite a while. Because if there's, if there's something I don't want to be looking at in lockdown, it's an international break. Oh, lockdown or no lockdown, I don't want to be seeing an international break unless it's a major tournament, as they're only every two years with either the Euros or the World Cup. We've got to wait until next summer. I, I'm looking forward to next summer. Yes, it should be if good. Uh, yes, but right now we suffer. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back later on but, in the week. Oh, that's preview. As gone, as Guns and Roses said, nothing lasts forever, even in cold November rain. Very good, very good analogy there. So uh, later on in the week, we will be previewing this. Someone's going to be cultured on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be previewing the Premier League games, uh, which start at half twelve next Saturday as Newcastle entertain Chelsea. Uh, there's also the two MLS play-in games for the playoffs, which sees the New England Revolution play the Montreal Impact on Friday evening. And then they call them. You said they call them play-in games. Play-in games because it's hard to explain. I'll explain it later on in the week if I can understand it any better. And then the other player, <laughs> playoff playing game is Nashville versus uh, Inter Miami. Pretty American analogies again. But that is all we have time for. Uh, if you did they, couldn't even the... call it, they couldn't even call it play on. <laughs> no, it's a playoff play in. Because it's, it's like the normal playoffs, but it's the bit before the playoffs for these four teams because I think they must have finished on a similar record and points per game. So they have to play in to get into the playoffs. Why do they have to make everything so complicated? It's America. I like you. Stop just doing similar. <laughs> in the future, maybe. Right. Um, if you have enjoyed the podcast, wherever you're listening to, make sure you, you are subscribed so you never miss a future episode. And if you are listening on YouTube, don't forget to leave us a like and a comment as what you thought of it and your opinions on those three questions that Brad asked me. And... Do- don't go easy on him. Yes. Uh, if you think I'm a total idiot and don't agree with my uh, decisions, then fair enough. I'll happily take that. And make sure you follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at offTCpod, all one word, offTCpod. And uh, like I said, subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, this will also be available on our website and we will have more articles later on in the week for you to enjoy until our preview show later on on thursday or friday we will see you then and it's goodbye from me and goodbye from my co-host bradley morris and we will see you later <laughs>